Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Thursday, July 15th. Today on the show, we've got your golden nuggets about Nashville SC. We will talk with Zach Lyons of the Football and Other F-Words podcast to discuss the other quarterback and head coach situations in the AFC South. But we begin with some actual data about what happens to the Titans offense when Derrick Henry is taken away. The 440 is brought to you every single morning for free by my amazing and wonderful and spectacular friends over at the Kingston Group. That's buildkg.com is the website. Go look at their work, whether it's a brand new custom home, whether it's a brand new addition, whether it's a brand new garage. They've done it, and they've done it well for over 10 years in the market. It is a name you can trust because they lay out their work on the front end. They work with you as a client to make sure that you get exactly what you want. So make sure you go check out the website if you don't believe me. BuildKG.com. And remember the name, The Kingston Group. I have failed you. All I have done with these internet ranking lists designed to get people riled up during the summertime, during the slowest week of the entire sports calendar year, is yell and scream about them. And while I am following my own advice and I don't really frankly care at all or I'm not worked up at all about where any one player is ranked against another, I am worked up that people aren't focusing on the right things. And I haven't even given you any answers to some of the questions that I believe are the right questions. With Ryan Tannehill, as I've said, whether you or me or anyone else thinks he's 7th or 10th or 14th in the NFL is completely irrelevant. So the real question I have long asked about Tannehill is, can he win you a game or two in the playoffs by himself when Derrick Henry is taken away? And instead of yelling and screaming about the lists and lazy media, I probably need to do my job and try to answer some of those questions. Offer up some actual data on what happens to the Titans offense when Derrick Henry is actually taken away, right? So today we'll focus on Derrick Henry with Ryan Tannehill as his starting quarterback. What has happened in the past? Overall, in games Ryan Tannehill has started, including the playoffs, the Titans are 5-8 and eight when Derrick Henry fails to reach 100 yards. When Henry tops the 100-yard mark, the Titans under Tannehill are 15-2. and two. One step further, the Titans' playoff success is even more related to Henry. Every playoff game the Titans have won since drafting Derrick Henry, the big fella has not only topped 100 yards but was a dominant force rushing for 156 against the Chiefs a couple years ago when Mariota was still the quarterback, 182 against the Patriots, and 195 against the Ravens two seasons ago. He averaged over six yards per carry in those three wins. In the three losses, he totaled 28 yards against New England, 69 yards against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, and just 40 yards in the loss to Baltimore last season. He averaged 2.8 yards per carry in those three losses. On the flip side, what's the Titans' record when Ryan Tannehill has to throw the ball a bunch? Well, the Titans are 15-4 when he throws the ball less than 30 times in a game, including two playoff wins en route to that AFC Championship game. The Titans are 5-6 when he throws it 30 times or more. But these facts, as heavily weighted towards Derrick Henry as they are, still don't answer the actual question. Can Ryan Tannehill carry a team to a Super Bowl? Few guys on planet Earth can actually do it. But to be considered one of the game's best quarterbacks, you have to prove to people that you can put a team on your shoulders and carry them to at least one or two playoff victories en route to a Super Bowl. And the numbers so far bear it out that this team's success or failure is tied far more directly to Derrick Henry than it is to Ryan Tannehill. So it's still totally fair to simply ask, is he capable of winning the Super Bowl? And the answer is, if the running game is working, 
1,000% yes. But if it's not, the answer is still a resounding, we have no effing clue. So I still think it's okay to say, can Ryan Tannehill, when Derrick Henry is taken away, win you a couple, one or two playoff games, and right now, not one of you, not me, none of us have the answer to that question. I wanted to go around the AFC South today on the show and sort of glance at the head coach quarterback situations around the division. We've talked a lot about Ryan Tannehill this week. So I asked Zach Lyons of the Football and Other F-Words podcast from Broadway Sports Media, a partner here of 440 Sports, to explain what he sees in the division at the quarterback position and the head coach position, the marriage between those two around the AFC South. Well, I, I think the quarterbacks are probably the the biggest component and the biggest difference from team to team. It is the biggest difference between the Colts being a contender and calling them a contender and the Titans being a contender because I'm just not sold on Carson Wentz. Look, we saw that offensive line can solve very minimal issues right here in Tennessee. We saw Marcus behind the same offensive line and the same scheme that Ryan Tannehill was in just flail. And I don't think that this offensive line is really going to solve everything for Carson Wentz because the, unless you're going to teach Carson Wentz and he's going to go out there and practice his mechanics a thousand times a week in it, real in-game situations and simulations, it's he's going to revert back to his old self. We, we all saw it with Marcus. And, and look, he's not just a broken quarterback. I mean, maybe it is because he's broken. When Frank was his offensive coordinator, who was in charge of developing him, by the way, and we see now that he did a kind of a piss-poor job of developing him if he's still having mechanical issue or mechanics issues in year six. Everybody's going to say, well, you know, Philip Rivers succeeded. There wasn't much to fix with Philip like there is with Carson. You're talking about a guy, and he's the third least accurate quarterback from a clean pocket out of qualified passers last year, out of 37 qualified passers in 2020. And he threw the most interceptions from a clean pocket than any quarterback in the NFL. So for Carson Wentz, it doesn't matter that there's a there's a good offensive line. Carson Wentz is the biggest difference. Now listen, he could come in here and maybe they make him play Philip Rivers ball where they dump him out to running backs and do soft easy passes. We saw them do that with Jacoby Brissett. When it comes down to it, if you need a game-winning drive or a fourth quarter comeback, you ain't getting it from Carson Wentz cuz he's going to make those mistakes. He's going to rush through his progressions and make those mistakes. I don't know about you. I I think they're two competing forces like pulling on the Jaguars. Right. Like, I think Trevor Lawrence is all of the things that we think he is. Like he has been since he was like 14 years old. He's not going to all of a sudden not be a good player. And Urban Meyer has generally been a great football coach, but also has all these other things. So I, I just don't know what to make of that situation, that marriage. Well, I, I think it comes down to the staff for the development of Trevor Lawrence. I think everybody's looking at Justin Herbert and his success last year and thinking, oh, well, Trevor Lawrence can easily do that, right? But you look at Trevor Lawrence, look at this step. Bevel, Brian Schottenheimer, those are the guys you want developing your young quarterback. The guys who have who've never had a passing offense in the top 10 in either attempts or yardage in passing yards. I like Trevor Lawrence. I, I think Trevor Lawrence, I think he should have asked, uh, demanded for a trade before the draft. I've, I've said it numerous times. You should not go into this situation. This is not a good recipe. I can't even name you a tight end off the top of my head the Jacksonville Jaguars have because Tyler Eifert's not there anymore. Their offensive line's good, and James Robinson's good, but is Urban Meyer going to get too cute? I think the talent's there, but I worry that you're going to have two or three years of kind of mediocre quarterback play from Trevor 
because they may just hang on to Urban Meyer for too long if he, if he doesn't, you know, come up with some yeah. fake injury. Yeah, right, right, a health issue and walk away. Uh, Zach, always a pleasure, man. Never short on opinions. That's why I like talking to you. That's why I like listening to the podcast, football and other F-words with yourself. Mr. Lebowski, Mike Herndon, of course, all on football and other F-words out every single Tuesday from Broadway Sports Media. Always a pleasure, my friend. Nice talking to you. Hey, thank you. It is time for some golden nuggets on the show, of course. Some some little tidbits about Nashville SC soccer to make you guys out there smarter Music City soccer fans. From the guys, Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan, of course, club and country podcast out every single Tuesday covering Nashville SC soccer. And, of course, this club with a huge match against Chicago coming up on Saturday at home. Being at home has been very advantageous for this club. But just how good has this team been at home relative to everyone else in the league? The boys in gold remain unbeaten at home in their last 10 matches. They have the most points at home in Major League Soccer, but of course they've also played the most home matches by far in MLS. And so when you look at their home points per game, which is obviously a better indication of how they're tracking, they're just fifth in the East. Same as their overall standing in the table. As five of those nine home results have been draws. And so Tim, that makes Saturday's date with Chicago pretty, pretty important. Yeah, absolutely. By the time that game is over, Nashville will have played nearly 60% of their home games for the entire year. They've only played 18% of their away games. This is going to be a road warrior team for the rest of the year, and they cannot afford to give away more points at home. Obviously, that was our embrace consensus topic a couple weeks back, and we've seen this club give up four points since then that probably at, you know, my position at the time was that they couldn't do it, and I feel that way now if they want to be where their goals before the season had them standing. They can't continue to do things like that. That was Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan, the hosts of the Club and Country podcast. Again, out every single Tuesday covering Nashville SC soccer with your golden nuggets for the week. Just trying to make everybody a little bit smarter as it pertains to Nashville SC. Huge one against Chicago coming up on Saturday at Nissan Stadium. The 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. Locally owned, I might add, as well. BuildKG.com is the website. Go check out their work. For over a decade, they have been successful in building and renovating people's homes to make sure that they get everything they want out of their property. That's happiness, that's comfort, that's joy, and probably a little equity as well. Make sure you check out the website. Look at their work, BuildKG.com. That's BuildKG.com. Remember the name, the Kingston Group. Of course, thank you guys all for listening. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall, at 440 Sports on Twitter and Facebook as well. Please share the show. Tell one person about the product. We really, really appreciate it. It's how this thing grows. Again, thank you all for listening. This has been the 440 for Thursday, July 15th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.